Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. This morning I would like to pick up where we left off last week. As you recall, hopefully last Thursday, we began to speak about the Shem Hashem, the name of God. And we pointed out at the time that it is difficult enough to daven properly because we need to try to remove ourselves from everything that would serve to distract us and focus on the words that we are saying and then concentrate on our prayers. And for many of us, just to understand the words on a very simple definitional level is challenging. Hopefully over time, we will become more uh, fluent, more proficient, and we will learn, at least on a very simple level, the definitions of the words, which could serve us as a starting point. And over time, we can develop a more deep and sophisticated understanding of our prayers. That's true when it comes to davening in general. When it comes to the Shem Hashem, so we have a unique challenge, because our rabbis teach us, and this is recorded in the tour in Shulchan Aruch and Simon Hay in Shulchan Aruch, that we have to try simultaneously to have two different ideas in our head because the name is written one way, it appears one way before our eyes, but we pronounce it differently. The name appears spelled the yud Hey and then the vav Hey, what we call the Shem Havaya, and that is a name which is not pronounced phonetically. We pronounce it differently, Adonai. And it's not just that we are pronouncing the word differently than it appears, but there are two different ideas that we have to try to keep in our mind at the same time. Because when it comes to the Shem Havaya, the yud Kei vav Kei, so we are supposed to have in mind that a Kaddish Baruch Hu transcends time and space, and the Shem Adnus, so there the Mechaber teaches that we are supposed to keep in mind Shehu Adonako, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is the master of all. Now these ideas may sound similar, but they really are two different ideas. They don't mean quite the same thing. And so this is, on a very simple practical level, this is challenging. So I want to remind you that the Mishbura quotes from the Vilnagon, who says that Lefi Omekadin, which, which means that in, in, in technically speaking, a person does not necessarily need to always have these two kavanos in mind, but at the very least, he says, we should try when it comes to Kriya Shema for the first, first passage of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad, to try to hold with inside of our minds and our hearts this idea that there are two messages that are being conveyed every time we recite the Shem Hashem. There's what appears, and there's what we are reciting. And what, what is the idea behind this? Why should it be so complicated? Why should it be that we have to sort of exist within two different places at the same time? So we began to suggest that the Gemara in Pesachim Dafnun may possess the key to understanding this. Because the Gemara tells us, based on a Pesach that we all know, on that day, God's name will be one. And the Gemara says, what does it mean? Today, is not one today. And the Gemara explains in the name of Rav Nachman by Yitzchak, no, Lok that this world is different than the world to, to come. The world in which we exist right now is different than the world that will be. How so? That in this world, the Shem Hashem is Nikhtav B'yudhei, it's written one way, it's pronounced a different way, Aleph Dalid. And L'olam Abba, but in the next world, Kulu Echad, the name of Hashem will be one, Nikra B'yudhei V'nikhtav B'yudhei. Very, very strange idea. A rather cryptic statement of the Gemara, but the Gemara is basically telling us that in this world, we have to sort of separate these two Kavanos, one from the other. Perhaps we will understand this better if we consider that the following, the next statement in the Gemara, which I also mentioned last week, and that is the Gemara says that in this world, when we hear good news and when we hear bad news, so we respond differently. On good news, we recite the bracha tova metiv. 
On bad news, we recite the bracha of Diana MS. So we sort of separate um, and, and filter out news and respond, we act differently from a theological perspective in terms of the way we, we reflect back to HaKadosh Baruch on what's happening to us. Says the Gemara Olam Abba, in the next world, on everything, all news, whether it's what we say, good news or bad news, besuros, ros, besutovos, the bracha is going to be the same avatovametiv. But what exactly does this mean? How do we understand this? So this is where I think we left off last week. And I want to try this morning to at least begin to sort of clarify this a little bit. The Tzlach explains, and I, I imagine that many will, will more or less explain the Gemara along the following lines, and that is that our perspective in this world is clearly limited. There's only so much in this world that we can truly understand. And the shame Havaya, the Yud Kevavke, so as our rabbis teach us, that represents Midas HaRachmin, the fact that our Kaddish Baruch Hu deals with us and all of mankind and with the entire universe in a way which displays an abundance of rachamim, of compassion. The mere fact that we exist and we continue to exist, despite the fact that we unfortunately sin repeatedly, that we make poor choices, so that displays HaKadosh Baruch Hu's abundance of rachamim. But the truth of the matter is in this world often what we see is midas hadin. We see things that don't add up. We see things that we don't understand. We see what appears on the surface, as far as we can tell, to be true injustices. We see tzaddik viralo. We see righteous people who seem to be suffering. We see rishayim v'tov lahem. We see evil people who seem to prosper. And we don't understand how to reconcile this. How could it be in a world in which there is an all-compassionate God that there could be so many injustices in the world, so many people who are suffering who don't seem to deserve it? And so, so many people who, you forgive me, deserve suffering, who don't seem to receive it. So how does that make sense? The math simply does not add up. And Chazal, you are saying, correct. In this world, the math doesn't add up. We don't understand how to calculate it. And so therefore, we sort of surrender. And we look at this and we say, we see the Yud Kevavke, we see the name which is supposed to reflect the idea of Rachamim, and we declare it, we respond to it, or we, we pronounce it Adonai, which means you, God, you are Adonakol. You are in charge of everything. You understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going on. And in this way, what we are essentially doing is every time we say the Shem Hashem, we are recognizing and, and again, declaring with a sense of, of faith, but also with a certain sense of security, bitachon as well, that our perspective is limited. And we need to learn to exist and to subsist within this space, a space which can be at times very tense. It could be challenging because we have to constantly remind ourselves that what we see is not necessarily what we get, that we're, our perspective in this world is limited. You know, th- there was a question that was posed to the Radvaz. The Radvaz was once asked about a certain individual who had suffered a terrible loss in his life. The details don't matter right now, but an extraordinary personal tragedy. And this individual was apparently on a very, very high level. This individual was somebody who devoted his life to Torah study, to growth, and he was a very, very pious individual. And and when he encountered this terrible tragedy in his personal life, he prepared himself for the moment, and he recited, B'Shem Malchus, Baruch HaTolam, HaTov V'Hametiv. Instead of reciting the Baruch of Diana Emes, which would have been appropriate, he recited the Baruch HaTov HaMetiv. Now, people didn't know how to react to this. There were some people who say, said, that's strange. And other people said, well, that's, that's extraordinary. Look at how much amuna he has, how much bitachon he has. And people didn't really know how to process this. So they posed the question to the Ravaz. What do you think? Is that proper? Like, what should our response reaction be to that? 
And the Arvaz says that there is nothing proper about that at all. He says that that displays midas achzorius, that this individual on a certain level was sort of, I'll say was sort of, in a certain sense, detached, disassociated from his humanity. That is, human beings, we we live in a world which is which is a complicated place to be. And no matter how much of a mamin you may be, no matter how much belief you have, no matter how much bitachan you have, we have to recognize that at the end of the day, we see things in this world and they make us cry. They, 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 we sometimes experience searing pain because the things in this world that we don't understand, they, they just don't make sense to us. And we are not even supposed to, in this world, bring ourselves to a level where we can say, oh, we've arrived. I see it. It's all clear to me. Look, all around me, I see Atov HaMetiv. The Gemara is very clear that that's in Olam Abba. That's in the next world. That's in a place where we do not currently exist. In this world, we look at the things in the world that we don't understand. And we recognize that you, God, you are the Dayan HaMS. We do not recite Shem Havaya. We do not say Hatov HaMetiv on things that don't make sense. We simply say, not so simple, Adonai, that you, God, you are Adonakol, you are in charge of all. And so the Radvaz reflected very critically upon this individual. And he said, this is not something that we should strive for. So I want to be very, very clear that our recitation of the Shem HaShem in this world as being pronounced differently than the way it is appears before us is not... It's not, you know, it's for the hamonam, what are you going to do? Unfortunately, most people are not up to the task. This is for all of us. This is the way it is in this world. Moshe Rabbeinu himself, the Gemara in Brachos, tells us, he asks HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please show me your glory. And Chazal tell us that he was, he was asking to understand the mysteries of Sadiq Viralo. Moshe Rabbeinu was basically told, Lo yirani HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to Moshe, no, your perspective in this world is limited. Now I want to tell you something, and we'll conclude with this. When we say the shame, when we say Shema Yisrael, the first pasuk. So as we know, we take our hands and we cover our eyes. Why do we cover our eyes? So there are many, many different explanations that are brought down. But when you consider, in light of what we're saying right now, by covering our eyes, what we are basically saying is that with our eyes open, when we look around at the world around us, so we can't do the math. There is no way that we could possibly simultaneously bring these two names together, because there can often be what appears to be true conflict between the Shem Havaya and the Shem Adnos. And so therefore, with our eyes open, when we look around and we see the world and we process it the way it, it sort of comes in through our senses, so it, it's, it's, it's confusing. It's confusing, and we have to try to sort of have these ideas in our mind separate and then reconcile them to the best of our ability. When we say the Pasuk of Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad, when we are mekabel or malchus what we are trying to do is to fulfill the mitzvah of Yichud Shem Hashem. We are trying on a certain level to bring unity between these two seemingly disparate ideas. We're trying to combine with inside of our mind and our heart these ideas. And so what we do is we cover our eyes. What we are doing at that moment, we are saying, don't look. Don't look. Don't look around you. Because if you can look around you, if you're going to use your five senses to try to make sense of this, it's not going to work. That's what the Gemara says. And Olam Hazeh, we cannot understand it. And so therefore, if that's going to be our strategy, we're going to fail. When we try to be miyachet Shem Hashem, we close our eyes, we cover our eyes. And what we're basically saying is, if I don't use my senses, if I don't consider all of the, forgive me, all the data around me, and I simply, with inside of my head and my heart, try to remind myself that it's all coming from the same place, that the Shem Havaya and the Shem Adnos is in fact the same name, so then, for that moment, maybe it's a fleeting moment, for that moment I can hold on to this idea. And I can be Mekayim the Mitzvah of Yichud Shem Hashem. 
And at that moment, I could be Makabal Malchus Shemayim and say, it's all coming from you. It's coming from the Shem Havaya, from the one who represents this transcendent existence, which displays boundless Rachamim, and from the Shem Admus, that we bring these two names together. And so therefore, we have to try. It's not easy. But when we say the Shem Hashem, at the very least, let's have one kavan in mind. Again, we, we don't want to get too carried away over here in terms of our goals and expectations of ourselves. We should try to concentrate when we daven. When we say the Shem Hashem, it's obviously a very, very important word in davening. It's a very important part of the uh, prayer experience. But we see over here, as Chazal tell us, we have to try to keep two ideas in our head at the same time. They're not trying to burden us and task us with these, these crazy challenges of having two things in our head at the same time. No, no, no. It's about really, again, sort of trying to find unity, trying to make, to the best of our ability, sense out of a world that very often doesn't make sense. It's to recognize and to appreciate that there are, in fact, aspects of this world that that that, that real, so really sort of boggle our imag- imagination. They don't add up. But hopefully, over the course of our lives, if we can cover our eyes when we say Shema and try to be miyachi Shem Hashem, we could bring these two ideas together. And even though we don't necessarily understand it, even though we will still declare Baruch Dayana Emes when hearing bad news, we will still be able to do so from a fa- place of, of total faith, of Amuna Shlema, that it's all coming from the same place. And that ultimately, called the Ovid Rahmana, Latav Ovid. Everything that Akadish Baruch Hu does in this world, he does for the good, and it is all coming from that place of abundance of Rachamim. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful day.